Welcome to our podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Adam. And we are two guys recovering from wounds of personal pain, reaching out to share the light and hope we've gained thus far on the continuous journey of self-discovery. With this podcast, we want to provide hope, inspiration, and some guidance to help you discover your identity, your potential, and your worth. This is Candle in the Darkness. The idea of personal worth. Right. I mean, that's the one thing I think we all need to grow on is that we do have value. And that value isn't necessarily defined by others. It's only defined by us. How we see ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of things that build personal worth or build our sense of personal worth, I should say, have to do with uh, how well we understand ourselves. I think a lot of times when we don't really know the good that we've done and can do and will do, it tears us down because we don't see our purpose. We don't see the good that we do. We don't see how we can help others and change their lives as well as change our own in the, in the process. And so it's like, we, we get down on ourselves. We're like, we're not good for anything is what we we tell ourselves. Not that that's true, but that's what we tell ourselves. Um, I think a big part of having a good personal worth is basically to, uh, to look at your past or our, I should say our past and, you know, in in recovery terms, we call that an inventory. You know, we call that a just something we, we take a piece of paper and a pen and we not not pencil listeners. This is not about pencils. You don't erase. Don't scribble it out. Just write with a pen. Anything that comes to mind. But um, you write everything. You know that that's happened to you. Everything you've done. Good, bad, ugly, beautiful, quirky. By doing that, you realize just how how deep how broad how meaningful your life truly is and this this inventory that really you should be you should do um in the in the steps it's step number four but of course you know i've been writing since i was a kid and so i basically one way or another have been doing inventory for most of my life but the idea of inventory isn't to the the point is to get it all out when you do that it's like drawing poison out because oftentimes when you're when we are addicted, addicted persons are have a lot inside them that is trapped. And it's trapped by guilt, by shame. Those are the big two, I think, for a lot of addicts. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, so doing that inventory, it's, it's terrifying. Or it can be ter- terrifying because, you know, you just often, you know, for me, I what if somebody read what I wrote? You know, what if somebody didn't like what I wrote? What if somebody judged what I wrote and just looked at me like, you know, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, it's about, it's not about them. It's about understanding each of us, understanding ourselves and being like, okay, this is what I am or who I am. And I have good, I have all the rest. And, um, without that inventory, it's just not possible to move forward past that point because what you're dealing with is yourself. And if you don't understand yourself, there's no way you can fix yourself or have the help of others who can help fix you if they don't know what, how, how deep the problems are or what they are or where they are. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of what I was, uh, I was just going to say is, is the inventory helps us define what we need work on. What is good about us? Yeah. What's awesome that we're good at. 
But you know, I, I look at it as it, an inventory is 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 essential for addicts to continue down recovery. The inventory is absolutely essential. But you know, I think about it. I, I think everybody can benefit from from an inventory in their life. Yeah, because it's very it's cathartic. An, it's not only addicts that deal with personal worth issues. Um, I mean, it's so many people in the, you know, and I, I, I don't know exactly what causes their personal worth issues, but you know, I know that it's not just defined or isolated to addicts. Right. So an inventory I think is, is beneficial for continual growth. And the, you know, as well, it's essential in the steps process. I think it's essential for in, life. Yeah, it's it's not just going to, it's not just the one one thing and then it's done. It's you know every once in a while throughout life, through our adventure, <laughs> our life adventure to to step back and say, okay, let me take an inventory of my life. Am I going the way I want? In is my direction heading the way I want? Mm-hmm. Um, what have I learned along the along the way? What do I still want to work on? Right. What do I want to build and what do I want to try to get rid of? So the inventory long term, I think, is extremely beneficial for the personal worth. Yeah, I I, I agree. And I think uh, something that goes along with an inv- a personal inventory, um, from my perspective at least, is to, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last episode, but keeping a journal. Mm-hmm. Keeping a journal, of course, is is different than just doing an, an outright inventory, but it helps. Doing a journal is, is in a way of doing inventory, I guess you could say. But um, for me, journaling has been with me since I was a kid, you know. And if I hadn't had a journal, if I hadn't had a way to get out what was inside, because when I was a kid growing up, you know, I'm not I'm not a good my I'm not a established or well-practiced or well-polished speaker because I don't, you know, I love getting in front of crowds. I love performing, Mm -hmm. but that's a different thing. Yeah. So, but when it comes to a journal, it's like I can, I can take a pen, I can take my journal and I can just let out what's everything that's going on. And it's just so, it, it lets out poison. It brings in good feelings. It gives me a sense of accomplishment and, you know, if I hadn't journaled in one sense, you know, I wouldn't have had my first book. Yeah. Because my, my poetry book was a journal, of, a poetic journal of a journey that I was on for 21 years. So, um, you know, writing in a journal is really, is really helpful. Yeah. For, you know, for me, I'm not typically a person that can really write in journals. It's just... It it wasn't my forte, but during the beginning of recovery, it, I think it is very important to. I have a solution. Try well. I, I'm welcome to hearing it in one minute, <laughs> but you know, during um, the importance for journaling for me at the beginning of my recovery process, it was to start to understand how I'm feeling and what I'm feeling. Whereas, yeah. you know, during addiction, I mean, we numb everything during addiction. 
the good, the bad. We numb everything. So we lose sight of what our feelings actually are. Reality. Exactly. And so the importance of journaling at the beginning was to start to define what am I actually feeling Mm -hmm. and try to organize that. Um, now, like I said, uh, continuous journaling, it's just, it's just not my forte. So what's your, what's your solution solution? Well, a lot of people have, um, what do you call that? Auditory, auditory journals, you know, where they just record their, their, their thoughts audibly. Um, like a voice memo. Yeah. Voice memo. So they just take voice memos of their thoughts and a lot of people, that's a lot easier, you know? So I'm sure you do things that are similar to that with work or. No, it's, uh, I really <gasps> don't do that with work. Oh no. I just struggle <laughs> with the thoughts until I figure them out. <laughs> but, um, I hmm. mean, it's definitely something I can try and you see can about. sing it. <laughs> <laughs> I do sing sometimes. <laughs> My kids get, uh, very embarrassed when uh well, that's not mom very and dad nice singing. <laughs> it's all right it happened when uh when my dad used to sing i'd get embarrassed of him too it's just it's a state it's a circle of life <laughs> well that brings another song to mind we're not gonna sing it don't worry <laughs> but yeah definitely you know voice memos i mean i think that's that's beneficial mm-hmm. now if there was a voice memo to transcript I would love to see that. What do you mean? Meaning, you know, I just say say what I need to say and it transcribes it into text for me. <laughs> they have that, voice to text. Oh. Yeah. I've got to figure that out, figure out how to do that. Listeners. I can't, I can't search audio files as I can text files. That's the only difference. <laughs> right. Well, life is full of challenges. We must learn the best we can, eh? Yes, sir. I think... Uh, Something that might put some people off with doing an inventory, whether you're addicted, whether you're not, whether you do journaling, whether you don't do journaling, whether you like to write, whether you don't, um, whether you can do voice to text or whatever it may be. Um, something that might put any number of us off would be to think that, for one, that our, our, our thoughts are no good or that our, our skills are no good. You know, that's one thing that you know, when you're trying to get your thoughts out, you have to kick that thought to the curb. Yeah. Because something I've learned in my writing classes I've taken and just my personal experience with writing, when you judge your writing, whether good or bad, or ugly or beautiful or other, if you judge your writing and say, this is such and such, you do that enough, eventually the thoughts will stop coming of what to write. Because what you're dealing with is the subconscious brain the subconscious brain is bringing thoughts to your mind that you then write. Mm-hmm. But if you judge what you write, you're judging your subconscious brain for putting them out there in the first place. And your subconscious brain, after a while of this, is going to say, you don't like what I'm giving you. I'm not going to give you any. Yeah. And that is where writer's block or whatever's block, that that also happens to artists of any kind. Um, that's where writer's block comes from. So... So you're talking about the kind of the law of abundance. Law of abundance. If you want more, be grateful for what you have. And, um, you know, we were we were chatting before this episode about gratitude and just how it's such an ena- an enabler of mm-hmm. things. Um, when when you're grateful for 
you know, whether you, whether your belief system includes God or not, whether your belief system includes the universe or not, when you are grateful for what you're given or what you have, what you've been able to, to acquire or achieve, when you're grateful for what you have, you're given more. Like, I'm not, I'm not the example of gratitude, but when I've been grateful, I've noticed that I've noticed that life is abundant and things just work out and life is happy and things are good. Not easy because things are never easy, but life is, but things are good. And so gratitude really is kind of like a, like an oil in the tank or not in the tank oil in the oil thing. <laughs> I don't know cars. I don't know cars, ladies and gentlemen, please oil forgive me. in the engine engine, right? <laughs> I don't drive gentlemen. Give me <laughs> Okay, we should cut that part. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? You know, I think, like we talked about, like we just mentioned, the law of abundance. And, and you know, when you're grateful for something, you seem to, you'll you'll get more of it. If you fo- it, it all comes down to your focus. You know, the law of abundance is kind of based on your focus. If you focus on the negative, you're going to find more and more negative. Right. If you focus on the good things, the valuable things in in life, you're going to see and receive more and more valuable things. I mean, and it, that's just, that is just the way it works somehow. <laughs> I mean. It's a law of attraction. Uh, there you go. And, and not abundance. Yeah. But the law of attraction. That's what I, I guess I was trying to say. Um, so, yeah, I got to re-record all that. <laughs> I used the wrong term. It's all right. Our <laughs> listeners understand. Please, please understand. So the law of attraction, there you go. That's what I was trying to say. So the, the law of attraction is, is you know, depending on what you focus on is what you get. Mm-hmm. If you're focusing on the the good, you're going to get all the, you're going to continue to get good and good and see good. Whereas if you're focusing on the negative, that's all you're ever going to see. It's like magnets. I mean, it, I mean, we see that in so many different areas in the world. It's, um, you know, you can tell a negative person, <laughs> they seem to always have negative things you can also uh, see it in their countenance and like what they look like. Yeah. Because like we like for example when you take a happy person, they just have this light about them. Yeah. They have this cheeriness about their disposition or their uh cheeriness about their what is countenance. yeah, countenance. So it's just rather remarkable how that happens, but it's you know, like light like attracts like, sure, but light attracts light as well. Yeah. And dark attracts dark. So it's just remarkable you can go into a room full of people and if you're observant, you can notice who's happy and who's not. Even if they're not smiling or are smiling or laughing or not, you can see a laughing person who isn't happy. You can see a serious looking person who is ecstatic. Yeah. Just because of their countenance. What yeah. Look, yeah. And you'll be attracted to what you're exuding. Exactly. Yep. It's like if you have a negative attitude yourself, you're probably going to socialize with the those that uh, have negative attitudes as well. I like that word exude. I'm a writer. Give me props. <laughs> <laughs> you know, along the lines of personal worth, how how do you continue to build yourself up when, I mean, we all go through times of hard times in life. Mm-hmm. And, and those hard times, you know, sometimes just kick us really hard and we are down for a while what's an example maybe of 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 how you stay positive during the time or how do we get out of the pits right well everybody has their talent 
talent or talents. Um, I would say in general, I have a specific idea, of course, but in general, I'd say take whatever your talent is. If you don't know what your talent is, then try different things for finding your talent and then grow your talent because as you grow your talent, you'll find joy and your unhappiness will fade and your joy will grow in general. In specific, for me, you know, I found something in in my specific line of talent that I have used to become happier and happier and happier day by day, and it works like a charm. Mm-hmm. Um, we already know, or those who have listened before know that I'm a writer, and um, so what I've done or have, and have started or restarted to do, I should say, is to write something every day, to write a whole list actually every day of things that I like, or not, not things that I like, write a list every day of things that I want to happen in my life. Mm-hmm. And that includes everything from every every area of life, physical, um, spiritual, uh, mental, emotional, financial, everything. Okay. Um, so I write down everything that I can think of that I want and I write it. Here's Here's a big part of the key. I write it as though the things that I want have already happened. Okay. So instead, so for, as for an example, I want I want to learn the piano, and I want to become accomplished at the piano. So in my in my list, I could write, I have mastered the piano, or I have I can sit down at a piano and take any piece of music and play it from top to bottom without pausing. Like mm-hmm. that's an example. Um, so on my list, I write that list today, today, this morning, I wrote that list again and it changes sometimes, but generally it's the same every day. Um, I write that list of the things that I want and write them in the present tense as though I'm, I have accomplished them. And as I do that, the idea of, of that exercise is that it, it, when you write and you write the same thing over and over and over again, you're, you are convincing your subconscious brain that what you want is reality it's already happened and when you do that your your the rest of you your body the rest of your conscious brain um your spirit uh whatever you want to call it all the rest of you your Mm -hmm. soul if you will is going to behave as though it has already happened and by doing that it will happen so it's also going to feel that joy. Yeah, you'll feel that joy for not just for the fact that you're getting closer, but also the fact that you did something to make it happen. So it's you are an active participant in your own success. That's a long story. No, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I look, I think for, in a lot of ways, you know, I, I we have to have a plan. For just about everything in life. Mm-hmm. And it's like what you, what you just mentioned, you know, writing that list down, you know, helps you define that plan. Uh, and, that you know, the plan itself is is a place for us to, to start. I had uh, one of my bosses, you know, I, I asked him once is, <laughs> I'm like, what's the point of making a plan if it's just going to change? And, and he made the comment to me is like, you need to make a plan so you know where to at least start. Yeah, you got a plan that the plan is going to put more than likely change, but you need a plan of where it's going to start. So you know, with just that's good a, advice. With just about anything in life, we have to try to plan the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know, 
if we're f- our personal worth, you know, there, there are days, you know, and I'm sure, uh, you know, over the weekend I felt it, you know, it's like, Oh, I don't want, I, I want to be doing something different. I felt in the dumps that it seems so far away kind of thing, but it's, you know, it, I have, for me, I have to have a plan to distract me from those things. And I mean, it's the same thing like you're talking about making that list. That is your plan, you know, doing that list day to day. That is your, the plan that you've set forth to help yourself feel better and envision the future and believe the future is a reality. And make it happen. Yeah. Yep. So for me, you know, I need to plan as much as I can. I don't necessarily know what that plan is at the moment, how to get out of the dumps, you know, when uh, you're feeling like pers- your personal worth is 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 like you have no value. For me, one of my plans, one of the things I do is I talk to my wife. And, you know, the good thing is I have a wonderful wife that <laughs> majority of the time she helps me along. But sometimes she's like, ah, I don't want to do it with you. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's honest about it. <laughs> Your dumps are going to bring me down and I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> today (laughs) um but i think everybody in some ways that has that limit it's very rare that my wife does that though but she is very supportive she she'll sit there and listen and uh she's a wonderful woman she will try to to help me see the positive of things Mm -hmm. yeah and 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 i think that's i mean that's the importance about uh you know having connection with other people and having conversations with other people as well because you know, as, as I've, uh, you know, we are our own, our own worst enemy. We are the we ones. We can be our own worst enemy. We can. And we allow ourselves. <laughs> At times. <laughs> uh, we are, you know, we can be our worst enemy. And majority of the time, I mean, it's not someone else that's doing the harm to us. I mean, they may have, you know, started the spark but we're the ones that continue to flan, fan that flame. Yeah. And we are guilty. So I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> it was a good thought, though. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the maybe part of the thing that we need to consider working on is to, if we're in the habit of fanning the flames of um, – not self-doubt, but self, um, like putting ourselves down, mm-hmm. maybe something to work on or something to, is to start listing the good attributes of ourselves so that we take that negativity, we flip it inside out and just be like, no, you know, I'm a good person. I have this and this and this and this. I do this and this and this. And it's like, because the, the human brain is powerful. And if you change it's Wayne Dyer, right? If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Okay. So it's like I can look at my brain tumors and I can say, I can either say, oh, that was a wretched, wretched tragedy of my life and it's changed everything for the worse and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And you felt that in the air, right? How it just changed things. Mm-hmm. Or I can say my brain tumors gave me love from everybody who knew about it to me. I, I got love from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people as a nine-year-old. Yeah. And again, 
and again as a teenager when it came back and I could say my my brain tumors taught me how to relearn to walk and so I appreciate my legs and all the rest of me for being able to walk. Yeah. My brain tumors taught me to persevere through pain and that's a life lesson. If you can learn as a nine-year-old to persevere through pain, then you're going to be a, a lot better off in the long run. Yeah. So it depends on how – I mean you can take anything. You can take anything and, and look at it from a di- through a different lens. Yeah. I mean it, I think about it as well. It's, it's like what lesson do you want to learn from it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's – yes, I have this – you know, I have this situation, whatever that situation is, you know, I can choose to continue to look at it negatively or I can look at it positively. And sometimes it is negative and we don't see the positive until way down the road. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I, I, I tend to think of, you know, a little bit, it's like, what do I really want to learn from this? And related to your brain tumors, you learn that, you know, people love you. It's there. You learn gratitude. Um, Among many things. I mean, I mean, the big thing right now is we're still in the COVID season. Right. You know, um, hopefully we're on the downtrend of it. But related to this, I mean, it's there's been so much lockdown. There's been isolation. And you can de- you can decide to look at that as a negative or you can look at it as a positive. So what, you know, related to that is is what lessons have I been able to learn mm-hmm. from this? You know, one thing I've learned is my kids are doing remote learning all the time. They're always home, which I love. And sometimes it gets on my nerves. My wife, especially, I believe, because she's around them all the time. There's no relief. But the one thing I learned is that I enjoy them being home more. I, I still <laughs> we still need separation. They still need to go to school sometime. But you know, I'm thinking school doesn't have to be as long right. as they spend there. And then come home and do more and more and more homework to where their entire day is full of schoolwork. I think kids would agree with you on that. <laughs> you know, and it's unfortunately I don't know what the solution is yet. But, you know, it's one of those things, it's like, you know, it's a lesson that I've taken from this that it's like, I want more value for them by not studying all the time, not being in a classroom all the time, not coming home and doing homework all the time. I don't know exactly if they'll learn more or not, but, uh, you know, as a quality of life, I think it's more beneficial for them to do less time at school. Less busy work as well. And the good thing is, you know, being with the remote learning is they tend to get all their schoolwork done right away. (laughs) And they don't really have a lot of homework. They're smart kids. Which is kind of, you know, it's – but however, when they go to school, when they were going to school and they'll, you know, come uh, fall again, they'll be returning back to school. um, They fill their day with schoolwork. Mm -hmm. And they still come home and they have a list of things they got to do at home. And it's, you know, it's that lesson. Seems counterintuitive. Yeah. But, you know, it's those different things. It's I, I've also learned that I like having more family time Yeah. with my kids. Yeah. I don't like going to the office as much. I like working from home more. I need a balance between the two. Yeah. You know, I can't just work at home all the time. 
I need a balance between the two, but I enjoy that more. And, you know, I'm able to do that more, you know, with this, the whole COVID, I mean, more and more people have been working from home and people, even businesses are realizing, uh, do we really need a big office building (laughs) (laughs) with all these people here when, you know, we can save money on the office building and have people work remote. I mean, there's a lot of lessons that we have learned during this, this uh, COVID season that, you know, we probably wouldn't have even considered right? if this didn't happen. There's also, you know, depending on, there's also been negative things we've learned, you know, but again, it's, it's your perspective, right? What do you want to focus on? Indeed. So, So personal wealth, or wealth, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> personal worth. Yes. Higher power. Universe. God. Wife. It's important in order for us to continue to see, I think, in order for us to see our own personal worth, we have to include someone greater than us. You know, God you know, a universe, higher power, whatever, however we define that. It's it's not just about us believing it, which is very important. But we also have the need that I think that someone else believes it in us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, for, for me, you know, for me, I think it's important to have that continued belief of uh, some kind of, for, you know, for me, God, is there trying to help me along to see my own personal worth for me to see the value in myself? I think something that would help with that or will help with that for anyone is to define the relationship between you and your higher power. I think that's a big part of understanding mm-hmm. why you are, val- you, you are of value to your higher power. Yeah. Um, so of course we could give examples from our own lives. Um, you'd, you know, for me, it's, you know, it helps to see your personal worth when other people see it in you too. Yeah. And so, and I think everyone, everybody has some kind of example of that. And we just need to really focus and figure out who that is in our life. And in some cases, like I said, it could just be, you know, our higher power. Mm-hmm. And it could be, you know, God looking out for us. And... You know, I'm I'm grateful that along the line that I've had my family, my wife, that sees the positivity in me, sees the value in me, even though I didn't want to see it myself. And there were crucial times in my life where that was extremely important. Yeah. And I needed to lean on what they saw in me more than what I saw in myself. So why was that so critical for you? Well, it was critical for me because, you know, I I believe in the the lies I tell myself. Yeah. I believe in the lies way more than I believe in the truth. But if five people are telling me that you're an awesome person. It helps. It helps. Exactly. But, you know, if I'm five people are telling me you're an awesome person, I'm sitting there like, no, I'm not. You don't know me kind of thing. You know, it does help to see the outside perspective. Because, you know, it comes down to the perspective side of things. It's, it's just totally a different 
it, it comes down to our perspective and what we decide to focus on. And sometimes we need to be able to lean on to be able to see how others value us. Right, because sometimes we don't have that value in ourselves. And if if we are not getting that value from someone else, we need to start looking for it from someone else too. I mean, not as not as the primary defining element in our personal worth, but as, I mean, you're going to prosper more if you're listening to those who are giving you good advice versus those who are giving you negative advice. Right. Those are who are lifting you up is going to help lift you up. Those are tearing down or they're not. I mean, you're just going to continue tearing yourself down. So we need to actively look for evidence, you know, different environments and evidence of that from others as well. Mm -hmm. But we can't, we can't base our entire self-worth off of that. You know, in some of those cases, that's where God and our higher power comes into. Makes up the difference. He gives us that what we need at the time. If it's only God that we get that from at the moment, if we focus on that, then it'll continue to grow. As we focus and pursue that more, it'll continue to grow. And others, the environment, the community, the tribe we try to become a part of, you know, will help build that as well. Mm -hmm. But we have to pursue that. Well, ha- we have to want it, and that's that's kind of the kind of the hard thing a little bit is getting out of our comfort zone to go find that and work towards it. Right. So, what's I mean? Do you have an example from your own life of someone or some event or some something that helped you to see your personal worth in a way that you remember a way that has maybe shaped your life in a positive way since? You know, for some reason, I've always I've always believed that I'm not a very handsome man. You can go good facial hair, man. You're handsome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've always believed that. I have had no one ever in my life say I'm ugly, but I've always believed that. Hmm. My wife always tells me I'm handsome. We both know she's a smart woman. Yes, and I didn't believe her. Hmm. But it's, you know, at some point after, you know, we got married, I don't even know at what point, I I start to realize, she even pointed it out to me. It's like, you don't believe what I'm saying. is what You know, so you don't believe that I think you're handsome. And so it's like... Um, but that threw you. <laughs> it, you know, it starts to get me thinking. It's like, wait a minute. It's like, okay, so no one has ever actually told me this. But for whatever reason, I believe it. And it starts to, so I start relying on her. And her perspective. of you. And her perspective. And by doing that, I start to see it in myself. So, you know, it's, it's valuable to have that... Uh, that outside perspective. It really is. But sometimes it's not there and we have to find it within ourselves. It's, it's valuable to have it, but it's important for us to build it in ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I've had many times in my life as well where I had, um, help in realizing that I was worth something. 
mm-hmm. that I meant that I not just meant something to people, but that I was worth. I, I like have intrinsic worth as a person and being me like me as a person, I have intrinsic worth, but those events that have happened to give me that were powerful, powerful events. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course I, I've had, I've battled depression, you know, all my life really. Yeah. And I was battling very much still battling depression and I didn't tell you about graduation, did I? I don't um, think so. But or I, did, I haven't mentioned it on this podcast, but when I was when I was in senior year of high school, I just had brain surgery um, for a tumor, and I hadn't, and I, you know, I was in a, a very dark place in senior year because, in that at least at that point in senior year, because in my mind, I would, I would just. You know, I had two brain surgeries under my belt. I had one eye surgery. I saw double, and I've been seeing double since I was ten or so. So after everything that had happened, I just I didn't like myself at all. And I, I would look in the mirror and I would just see filth, ugliness, you know, and so on. Then something happened that was hugely beneficial to me, a miracle. At least to me, it was a miracle. Um, I had a, a faculty member one day at school take me aside out of out of um, the passing period and just bring me to a, an empty classroom, and he's just said, Adam, um, every graduating class has we, – we award somebody, we award a student, just one student, the Courage Award for the things that they've faced and endured and gone through and come off conquer from. And he said, this year, Adam, we want you to have the Courage Award. And I was just like – I was, from what I recall, I was speechless for for a moment because I was just like, I was in that, I was still in that frame of mind where I was just depressed and I didn't see myself in a good light. And I was like, I don't deserve that. You know, I don't deserve to be given that award. And I didn't say that to him, but I was like, I was like, is there somebody else that has also been nominated for the award? You know, I was, I wanted to know if there was anybody else who might be in the running. Right. Yeah. And so I asked him, he said, yes, there's one person, but we want you to have the award. So I said, yes, you know, and, um, I haven't told any, I hadn't told anybody by the time graduation came around and, um, the diplomas have all been given out. And then, um, I have my two, my two chosen teachers, they get up to the microphone. And I also haven't told anybody in my graduating class that I've had brain surgery that year, even though, you know, a lot of students have seen me stumbling from class to class and such. So I was just like, I, they, my two, my two chosen teachers get up and they start listing off everything that I've been through my whole life. And they, um, they don't say my name until the last, to the last words of their speech. They say my name in the whole stadium, which had thousands of people in it. The whole stadium just erupts in the standing ovation. And, um, you know, for me, you know, I, I, I admire people who can take the small lessons in life and build great things upon them. And I've had those too, mm-hmm. but from, but it's just sometimes in my life, in fact, I'd say often in my life, I've had to have big things happen so that it gets through to me. Um, and I was that, I was that far gone in myself and withdrawn into myself and 
hating myself so much that much that it took that to get me out of it. Yeah. And it was like all those people, thousands and thousands of people on their feet cheering for me as I stumble down the steps to get my Courage Award and get a hug from my teachers and stumble back to my seat. You know, that started something for me. It actually, you know, that was that was one of the biggest things in my life that changed started started to change something in me because I, I started to think, you know, maybe all of this stuff that I've been through and all the things that I that I see myself as being worthless or ugly or whatever, you know, maybe it has a reason. Maybe the reason is that it can touch people if I do it right and if I if I take what I've been been through and I share it with others in a way that can help them know that they too are worthy of being loved and, and respected and cared for and provided for and, and know that they have intrinsic worth themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our, our various stories, our various journeys inspire people and can inspire people. Mm-hmm. But what truly helps us connect with people is also our weaknesses. When we're vulnerable. And that's, so it's kind of, it's the combination of both, or it's the inspiration and the connection, which is vital for people to to see their personal worth, to see that they're capable of more. I mean, like your story, it's like people are inspired by that. But it's, you know, there's probably individuals in that crowd who may have connected with you. Yeah. With that. So, I mean, when it comes to our personal worth and grow and 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 seeing it and growing our personal worth i mean that's you know we need to be in we need inspiration from others but we also need to connect with others and that's where you know it's the combination of you know with god connecting with god our higher power connecting with others finding what others see in us and what we see in them and what we see in them exactly and I mean, it's 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 the combination of things. It's not it's not just one thing that's going to do it. No, it's uh, it's a combination of things that is going to help us grow and see our self worth. Yeah, I uh, I just see my higher power's hand in in each of our lives, trying to help each of us see our individual worth. Because there's so many people, Spencer, that that don't see it. They don't see their worth and how many people go to work every day and they're just like giving their all, but they can't give their all because they're, they're languishing under this weight of I'm not worthy, whatever it may be. And it's hard. It's, it's, you know, I don't know how, even if it's possible to give your all really when you're suffering under that. Yeah. I don't think you can, you know, and maybe you learn to function at half mast or whatever. But you function at what you need to function at, not really go above and beyond, but you function on what needs to be done. You work on only that. And I kind of, I kind of see that as on a parallel with surviving versus thriving. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're like, we're so often content. Well, not content. We're so often we settle or we, we choose to, do just enough to get by and i know this because i do it too Mm -hmm. but we do just enough to get by and i think we don't realize or don't accept or whatever the fact that there's more for us right 
again, as we close this uh, podcast, we'd like to invite our listeners to to work on an action step this week. And this action step this week is to to find one positive thing about yourself. And despite whether someone sees it in you or not, find that one positive thing about yourself and continue to write it down daily and let it really soak deep into your soul. Sink into you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. This is Candle in the Darkness with Adam and Spencer. Thank you. Thank you.